Deception, folks. Everything is not as it appears. And we can hear this stuff and, and we can say, how deceitful? Exactly. Very, very deceitful. The word deceit speaks of manipulating and misrepresenting and something that's fraudulent and it's false and it's trickery, it's insincerity. And that's how the Bible describes the human heart. We can be so faked out by our hearts. So who should we listen to? The Bible says that the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. Welcome to Pulpit Power, featuring Pastor Tony Skeving, Senior Pastor of Fargo Baptist Church in Fargo, North Dakota. Today's message was previously preached before a church audience. And now, here's Pastor Skeving. Let's take our Bibles and turn back to the Old Testament book of Jeremiah and the 17th chapter. Jeremiah chapter 17. I remember as a kid growing up, I don't remember the cartoon, but I remember the character was a cat. <laughs> and I remember that whatever that cat heard, he would say, uh, that sounds logical. Remember him? Uh, that sounds logical. You know, I like to talk about the heart and watching the heart. You know, the Bible says something about the heart here in Jeremiah 17 that's very revealing. It's a familiar verse, famous verse. Verse number 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Who can know it? Watch your heart. That's the message. Let's pray before we begin. Father, we ask you, dear Lord, to please help us to be honest at this hour, to look within, analyze spiritually, and get a reading of where we stand according to how you think, not how we think. Father, I just pray that we'd realize how vulnerable we are, how susceptible we are to deception. And Father, I just pray now that you would help us to flee to the source of truth for guidance through life. We ask it all now in Jesus' name. Amen. Sometime back, CBS Television did a documentary, kind of was an anti-American thing, with a very liberal bias and and kind of a shaming of a a, a conservative position toward a certain country and and the results of of, of how America had treated this country. And and they showed this this child, this baby, just super uh, skinny and and, and malnourished and and malnutrition and and, uh, tugged at the heartstrings of Americans and kind of made them go, shame on our country. Until it was learned later on that It was fraud. They had actually gone to a preemie ward of a hospital and taken pictures stateside here of a baby that eventually died, didn't make it, and and the whole thing was a scam. But I think of the hearts of people that were taken in by that. It's so easy for the heart to be fooled. There's so much deception going on out there. Some years ago, in fact, it's been a number of decades now, there was a a, a certain city in, in, in Ohio, I don't remember the city in Ohio, but... There was this, uh, this beggar who was blind. He was wearing the dark glasses. He was on a street corner and he had his tin cup and folks were going by and dropping money in the cup. And this one fellow, he dropped in a, a silver dollar. Apparently it sounded funny as it made a clink there and he walked down the street and he looked around and there was that beggar with his glasses up on his head and that silver dollar throwing it in the air and catching goes, woohoo, you know. And he walked back to him and he said, wait a minute, you're not blind. And he goes, <clears throat> no, sorry, I'm not. He said, I'm filling in for the usual blind guy. 
And the guy said, well, where's he? And he said, well, he's down watching the movies. (laughs) Deception, folks. Everything is not as it appears. And we can hear this stuff and, and we can say, how deceitful? Exactly. Very, very deceitful. The word deceit speaks of manipulating and misrepresenting and, 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 and something that's fraudulent and it's false and it's trickery, it's insincerity. And that's how the Bible describes the human heart. In verse number 9 again, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? What that is saying is that we can't trust our hearts. That... Our hearts will lie to us. You know, there's these twangy country western songs and they have so much about, you know, my heart says to me, blah, 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 and you got to listen to your heart and all this. No, no. It's the last thing you want to take heed to. It's the last thing you want to follow. Uh, What Jiminy Cricket said, where you should let your conscience or your heart be your guide is false because what God says is the heart is deceitful above all things. And desperately wicked, who can know it? The very worst thing you could listen to is the human heart. The Bible says here it's deceitful above all things, desperately wicked, who can know it? Think of that word all. All things. Worse than the devil? That's, that's something. But the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. That would include even the devil. You know, the, the, the three biggest liars in the world would have to be the world, the flesh, and the devil. They are our three enemies. They are all lying. They are being lied to. But the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. There are three words in verse number 9 that we ought to understand here. The word deceitful, the word wicked, and the word no. If we take a close look at them in the Hebrew, the word deceitful, it's the Hebrew, akobi. It means fraudulent. It means crooked. It means polluted. Then secondly, in verse number 9, you see the word wicked. That's the Hebrew word anash, which means sickful. It means woeful. It means incurable. And, and when you put desperately next to it, it's the only time you find it like that in the Bible, it really turbocharges that expression to, to try and get across to us how rotten the heart really is. And then the last word is know. Who can know it? The Hebrew yada. It, it means who can understand it? Who can perceive it? Who can figure it out? And it's a question that answers itself. Nobody. Nobody. And so when you reread verse number 9, the heart is fraudulent, it's crooked, it's polluted above all things and desperately sick, woeful, incurable. And, and who can understand it? Who can perceive it? Who can figure it out? If we really dissect this verse, that's what it's saying. And it's talking about every human heart, including my heart, including your heart. Our hearts cannot be trusted. Now, the Bible describes what the heart is. The heart is our, our thinking, it is our, our feeling, it is our volition, it is our will. And we might attribute all that to the brain, but, but that's not what, where we really make our decisions. It's, it's, it's in the heart. The brain stores the knowledge, it does a lot of other things, but it's really the heart that makes those decisions to do this or to do that. And the Bible tells us, don't listen to it. It's a liar. It's a, uh, it's a concept that most 
psychology and counseling overlooks. And as a result, there's a lot of, uh, uh, probably 90% plus of all counseling out there doesn't really hit the mark because it doesn't deal with the heart. And the heart is a sinful thing, and so it doesn't deal with sin. And the reason the world is a mess, and the reason people are a mess, is because they don't understand their heart, and they're listening to their heart. And I dare say there are people even in this room, your heart perhaps is lying to you on some issue or in some area. In fact, even Christian people are capable of of making mistakes because they follow their heart. You know what all counseling really is? All counseling, Christian counseling, biblical counseling, is simply exposing the lie. The heart's believing the lie. The heart, the heart has swallowed a lie. The, the heart is going for it when it shouldn't be. And we take truth and we expose that lie. And if we will believe the truth, we'll go, oh, okay, I, I, I shouldn't do this or I should do this. Because even Christian people are capable of being deceived. You know, we have a real mess in this world today between the Jewish people and the Arab world. It's something that can be traced way back to the days of Abraham and a famine in the land and a trip that he made over into Egypt and an Egyptian handmaid by the name of Hagar he brought back and had a child with. And, and to this day, her offsprings are fighting with the, 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 the offsprings of, of Isaac and, and the, the Jews and the Arabs are going at it and the blood has been shed by, by gallons over the years all because somebody followed his heart said, There's this famine in the land. I think this is what I ought to do. And justified it. Later on, his his daughter-in-law, Rebecca, and his grandson, Jacob, would deceive his son, Isaac, no doubt thinking this was a good thing to do. I'm saying even Christian people can do stuff that we shouldn't do, and at the time, we think it's the right thing. And we say, that sounds logical. How many times have we been caught in that trap? Now, of course, unsaved people live this way. They, they do this all the time. They're capable of following their heart over and over and over again and being deceived and, and never really seeing the light or never really finding the truth. Did you know that one in five, um, I think, young people in their mid-teens are, are sexually molested by the time they're in their middle teens? One in five on the average. Did you know that 90% of all sexual predators are never prosecuted? They're never really brought to trial. They're never uh, prosecuted. And did you know that 90% of all sexual predators consider themselves religious or very religious? In their minds, in their hearts, they are spiritual. Do you know that the abortion rights advocates are very sincere in their position of it's a woman's body and it's her right and all that kind of thing? They will vehemently fight for that, what they call right, Because they are sure that they are right. Do you know that sodomites actually believe that God made them that way? You see what I'm saying? The the heart can tell you absolutely anything. And they can sincerely feel like they're doing okay. Do you know that there are a lot of people who feel that sex outside of marriage is okay as long as it's quote-unquote safe sex? In their mind, that's where the line needs to be drawn. So here they are. They're sincere in their, their hearts. They're sincere in their cause. And yet, the Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can know it? We can be so faked out by our hearts. So who should we listen to? Who should we listen to? 
We live in a country that has lifted the anchor and is drifting and we've lost our bearings and we've lost our moorings and we've lost our compass and we are, we are in a society where everything's speculative, it's relative, anything goes. If you think it's okay, it's okay. And we have no anchor anymore. Where is the truth? Well, it doesn't come from within. In fact, turn back to chapter 10 of Jeremiah and we find something really revealing here said by God. In Jeremiah 10, just a few pages back, notice with me, if you would, verse number 23, the prophet says, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. It is not in man that walketh. What sets man off from other four-legged animals who crawl around on all fours? Well, he's, he's made in God's image, and he, he has a spirit, he has a soul, he has a body, but yet he has this deceitful heart. And it says here in the Word of God, I know that the way of man is not in himself. In other words, the way he ought to go, the things he ought to do, it, the wherewithal, it's just not there. I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. And that's why we have this really messed up society that's only getting worse and will get worse until the Lord Jesus Christ comes back again. So we need some kind of outside source that we can listen to, not our hearts. We need something we can listen to or we're going to get all messed up. Well, it's the Bible. More about that later. But this is God's instruction manual in life. Aren't you glad when you purchase something from Best Buy or Kmart or Sears and you bring it home, it has an instruction manual? Well, our Creator has given to us an instruction manual. A foolish man has it all backwards. Society, our culture says that we don't have a Creator, that we just kind of evolved on our own. Oh, it took a long time. You can tack on a few a hundred million years to make it sound good, but somehow we were this little amoeba that turned into a tadpole that climbed out of some slime and sprouted eyes and, and uh, ears and a mouth and, and uh, somehow got, broke our joints just right so we had elbows and knees and all this other stuff and, and uh, we made good and we, we don't need to listen to God. Man is his own God. That is humanism. And you have this, this force within you even... Well, I got news for you. That's all a lie. We have a creator. He is a superior creator. And that changes absolutely everything. To tell me that everything just kind of evolved is ridiculous. You know, you could take all the parts for this microphone right here and take it all apart and toss it in the wash machine and turn it on for a thousand years. It wouldn't put itself back together. There's intelligence behind this. There's design behind this. How much more you? How much more creation? How much more the universe? There is a supreme God. He has created us. That changes everything. He's given to us an instruction manual. And that changes everything. In verse 23, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. We need some guidance, don't we? Look, if you would, in Jeremiah chapter 16, just a few pages forward. Jeremiah 16. There's so many places in the Bible we could turn to, but we'll stay right here. In Jeremiah chapter 16, notice with me, if you would, verse number 12. God's rebuking uh, his people. He says, you've done worse than your fathers. For behold, you walk everyone after the imagination of his evil heart. 
that they may not hearken unto me. How were the Jews walking just before they were destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar? And just before they went into Babylonian captivity, they were walking in their own heart, doing their own thing. Does that sound familiar? Uh, does history repeat itself? Is that where we're heading right now? You know, we, we look at folks and we say, well, so-and-so has a good heart, or so-and-so has a heart of gold. Well, they might be a nice guy by human standards, but our Creator says the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And we're not talking about that muscle in your uh, chest over about right here that's about the size of your fist that, that pumps around 60, 70 times, whatever, every minute. We are talking about your inner heart. Now, if a guy is trying to obey the Bible or truth and so on and so forth, and his heart is, quote, in the right place, he's doing his best, that's one thing, but that's not our society at all. Look back in Genesis chapter 6, if you would. Let me describe to you our society today. You know, I'm not a guy who wastes time on the Internet blogging, and, and, and if you do that, that's fine. If, if, if you're out there kind of uh, going toe-to-toe with uh, the ungodly and so on, good for you. But I, I have read a blog or two and, and, and realized, you know, when it comes to some of the issues today, they're very polished in their arguments, aren't they? I mean, you better be on your toes. You better know what you're talking about because they can take absolutely anything and twist it and make truth sound like error. A right sound like wrong. Make God's people look dumb. Why? That's the heart. The heart is so deceitful. In Genesis chapter 6 and in verse number 5, it says just before the flood that God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his, what? Heart. Was only evil continually. Boy, that sums up our society, doesn't it? It's like, what else can they think of? What else can they invent? How much lower can they go? How much more can they degrade themselves and defile themselves? The thoughts and the imagination of the human heart at this time in history is pretty much only evil continually. Look in Genesis chapter 8, if you would. In Genesis 8, notice verse number 21. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Isn't that the truth? The Bible does say we go astray from the womb, speaking lies. Look in Job chapter 15, if you would. You know, I recently was looking up some verses on the heart. I honestly (laughs) didn't like what I saw as the Bible describes it. And the bottom line is, folks, you can't trust anybody's heart. Not mine, not yours. It's a scary thought. But we need to understand this premise here. In Job 15 and in verse number 14, it says, What is man that he should be clean? And he which is born of a woman that he should be righteous? Behold, he, God, putteth no trust in his saints. Ouch. That hurts. That's us. (laughs) You say, well, certainly God can trust me. I'm saved now. No, no, he putteth no trust in his saints. In fact, he knows what's in man, the Bible says. Jesus knew it was in man. He needed not that any testify of him. He putteth no trust in his saints. Yea, the heavens are not clean in his sight. Now notice verse 16. How much more abominable and filthy is man which drinketh iniquity like water. We continually lower the standards. We continually find new lows. 
We continually see the second law of thermodynamics in action where it's just bound to go downhill and down and down and down unless we continually keep it propped up and up and up. You know, it's surprising after you've been saved a while. As you see that, Christians today are adapting and embracing standards that unsaved people had 30, 40, 50 years ago. I mean, if you look at how the unsaved lived just several decades ago, you see the, the Christians just following them. Uh, instead of staying like this as the world goes like that, we go like that. We just kind of stay a safe distance behind them. And we continually follow them. And they consider us, even, even where we're at now, weird and strange and peculiar. That's because the heart keeps changing. Where will it end? That's a really good question. As we look at our culture today, where will it end? The conscience of man has become seared. It has become defiled. It has been deadened, really, to where nothing's wrong anymore. Well, the Bible doesn't change. Look in Proverbs chapter 28. I'm so glad we have an anchor. I'm so glad it doesn't change. The heart continually changes. And if you follow your heart, you're going to end up in big trouble. In Proverbs 28, and in verse number 26, just the first part says, He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. Fool. Now, here's the master designer, the creator, telling us, if you trust in your own heart, you are a fool. We better listen. We don't want to be fools. Look at Mark chapter 7. When our Creator walked this earth 2,000 years ago, He had some very unflattering things to say about the heart. We read them here in Mark chapter 7, beginning in verse number 20. And He said, that is, Jesus said, That which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts. Isn't that the truth? adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within and defile the man. All this stuff is in the heart and all this stuff comes out of the heart. Look in Hebrews chapter 3. You say, well, pastor, I just can't believe people are all that bad. Well, the Bible says all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits or the hearts. That's what God looks at, the heart. You say, well, I just look for the good in people. I try to too. I don't go around looking for the bad. I try to think the best of people. And it sounds good to say that. Well, I just try to find the best in people. But God says... We are a fool to think that anything good can come out of the human heart. In fact, Paul said, In my flesh dwelleth no good thing, Romans 7, 18. Paul the apostle, the great apostle Paul, the one who will be at the front of the line receiving rewards next to John the Baptist, I think in heaven, said, In my flesh dwelleth no good thing. He was talking about his heart there. And so it might sound good to look for the best in people. But the truth of the matter is, the Bible says otherwise, the heart is deceitful above all things. Notice in Hebrews chapter 3 here, some further insight to this thing we call the heart. In verse number 12, it says to us, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you 
an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. That is a warning to brethren. That is a warning to us. The most spiritual of people can be taken in. You know, at the time he lived, Samuel the prophet was perhaps the the most spiritual man to walk the face of the earth. And yet when he goes to pick out a successor for King Saul, he's starting to look look at the the, the kids of of, uh, Jesse, and he sees this big strapping guy named Eliab, and he said, surely this is the Lord's anointed. And in, in, in 1 Samuel 16, 7, God rebukes him. And he says, don't look at the outside. I look at the inside. God looks at the heart. And Eliab might have looked good on the outside, but his heart wasn't right. And so David becomes the king. And you'd say, well, he's a man after God's own heart. Yeah, but we know what he did. And we know the, uh, the adultery he committed with Bathsheba and the way he swept it under the rug and the way he went on. This is what amazes me. For nine months as though nothing happened. It took a prophet of God to show up thump his finger between his eyeballs and and say, Thou art the man. And David finally broke. All that time he was acting as if nothing was wrong, as if nothing had happened, and as if, uh, you know, God was in this thing. No, God wasn't within a thousand miles of what he did. He did something evil and wicked. You know, the Bible says, uh, in fact, turn there to Proverbs if you would. The Bible gives us some further insight about man's goings. Man's goings. In Proverbs 20, and in verse number 24, notice it says, Man's goings are of the Lord. How can a man then understand his own way? Answer, we can't. We don't. It's impossible. Our hearts deceive us. You know, it's so easy for us to let things slip. The prophet Hosea put it this way. He said, Gray hairs are here and there, and he knoweth it not. You know what it's talking about there? You know how slowly that erosion takes place and that thing creeps up on us and we let things slide and we let things slip and the gray hairs are popping up here and there and we go, what? We don't notice it. It's such a slow erosion. We don't get it. And we don't know our hearts and we don't know where we're at. We just kind of slowly get there and we're in this predicament and we don't even realize we're there. Sometimes we're not nearly as spiritual as we think we are. Sometimes we're not uh, nearly as committed as we think we are. Remember when James and John came to Jesus and said, we want to sit smack dab on each side of you in heaven. Well, that's not much to ask, huh? You too, really? Of all the billions who will be born, you think that's, that's a good place for you? And Christ said, are, are you able to be baptized with the baptism I'll be baptized with? Speaking of what he's going to go through. And without flinching, they go, yeah, we're able Wow. It kind of reminds me of, of Peter when, when Jesus said, you'll all deny me, and, and Peter said, not me. Do you think he was sincere? I think he was sincere. He was sincere. You think he meant it? I think he meant it. But did he come through? No. His heart fooled him. And he when, was super spiritual and said, though all these deny you, yet I'll, I'll die for you, Lord. Now, the Lord had already told him that he would deny him. But Peter, he contradicted God, no less. He contradicted the Word of God. That's what the heart does. We make decisions that are contrary to the Word of God. We get super spiritual, and it really backfires. It really blows up in our face again. Now, we can understand the Pharisees and and them being convinced they were right and saying, man, they were blind. 
And, and even old Saul of Tarsus going around and hailing or dragging in men and women, Christian people, and having them condemned and thinking he was right. We can understand that. We can see that. The Bible fact, in fact, in Ephesians, I think it's 4.18, and we won't turn there, but it mentions something about having the heart darkened. Verse 18 says, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. That's the Saul's of Tarsus. That's the Pharisees. That's the unsaved. That's the lost even in the 21st century. Their understanding is darkened. It mentions here their hearts are blinded. But what about Christian people? Look in Revelation chapter 3. Let's really bring this home. Let's look at a local church. Let's look at a Fargo Baptist church of the first century, the latter part of the first century, a church that had been around perhaps for a few decades, thought it was doing pretty good in its own eyes, and Jesus Christ himself makes an appearance to actually tell them where they were at spiritually, the church at Laodicea. Notice in Revelation 3 and verse 17, Christ says to them, Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing. He says, And knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. You know, the way they saw themselves, and the way the Son of God saw them, two different things, exactly two different, polar opposites here. Why? Because their hearts had deceived them. Look in James chapter 1, if you would. This is a chapter that has more than one reference to the heart deceiving us. In James chapter 1, notice, first of all, verse 14, where it says, But every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. There's that heart working overtime. Then, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren. That's an admonition for us. That's an admonition for God's people. Don't be deceived. Notice verse number 22, another way of self-deception. He, he says, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Are we doers of the word or are we just hearers of the word? It's one thing to come to church and learn a truth. It's another to walk out those doors and leave these four walls and go out and practice it in the world. That's the admonition. We are deceiving ourselves if we don't practice what we learn. In verse number 26, it says, If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, there it is, this man's religion is vain. Notice, if we don't bridle that tongue, we're deceived. Our hearts are lying to us once again. If we're grinding on people, and ragging on people, and stewing on people, and and doing some stinking thinking about people... Our hearts aren't right with God. You know, we are hypocrites at such times. And the Bible describes this in Matthew 7 when it says, we have this beam in our eye. Christ said, we have this beam in our eye and we're going around trying to pick out this little moat out of somebody else's eye because our hearts have deceived us. Now turn to John 17, if you would. John chapter 17. Where do we go for the truth? In this world where one lie is being told after another, being sold after another, and people are buying into them. Where do we find the truth? Well, I think you know the answer. 
In John 17 and in verse 17, Jesus is praying. He says, he says to the Father, Sanctify them, that's those Christian men, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. He says we're to be set apart by the truth. And you say, well, where is the truth? He answers the question. The word of God is the truth. The word of God is the truth. You and I had better stop listening to our hearts and get back to the Bible. It'll keep us out of a lot of trouble. So many times we follow our heart. And, and we get into all kinds of predicaments. And young people, you're especially susceptible to this. You're especially vulnerable to listen to the, the culture out there because it's screaming. They are a noisy bunch. And you watch them long enough and you go, that's where it's at. No, that's not where it's at. This is where it's at. You've got to watch your heart. Don't date an unsaved person or, or, or don't get interested even in an unsaved person. You say, but, uh, you know, he is, he's such a hunk. Hunk of what? I always wonder. And, and, and she's just beautiful. Yeah, but is she spiritual? What's the heart like? That's the question. Don't ever get interested in an unsaved person if you're a child of God. Uh, people end up dating the wrong person or courting the wrong person because they follow their hearts. People end up getting out of God's will in many ways, buying things they shouldn't buy. Or moving places they shouldn't move. You, you say, well, you know, Colorado is so beautiful. Or Montana's got this big sky. All right, but is it God's will? Bottom line. We make wrong purchases. We take wrong jobs. We lose our temper. And, and we say, well, I just felt like it. It made me feel better. You're following that heart again. I'm following that heart again. Marrying the wrong person because you're, you're in lust instead of in love, you know, 1 Corinthians 13 says so many good things about love, about charity. It's kind, it's patient, it's long-suffering. There are people who even get divorced, and they say, well, uh, God's okay with it. Well, Bible says God hateth divorce. We can justify just about anything. Bottom line, if we follow our heart, we're going to end up in the wrong place. I've seen people follow their hearts to the wrong church, some place where they, they feel good. I was talking to somebody recently about uh, him listening to, to some, uh, some radio preacher or some television preacher who is a total false prophet, and, and yet they were so enamored by him. You know, we read the Bible like who's who as far as those who got swallowed up and sucked in and taken in by the world. Samson, of all people, followed his heart, and he ended up hanging out with harlots, heathen harlots, and it cost him his eyes. It cost him his testimony. It cost him his life. That was an unequal yoke. He knew better. He knew better. But he followed his heart. During the days of Absalom, we find out Absalom is an industrial strength rat who rises up against his own dad and people follow him. The Bible said the hearts of the people of Israel, the men of Israel, were with Absalom. Why? They were taken in by this big phony, by this big hypocrite. Watch that heart. Watch those feelings. The Bible says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Would you do me a favor? If I ever decide to do something that is a, a flagrant defiance of the Word of God, would you please slap me? No, just kidding. And can I do the same? You know, there are times when you want to. You say, well, it just seems right. 
It, it just feels right. I just know it in my heart. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. The, the blight of false religion is people following their hearts. For over 20 years, I followed my heart. I, I thought I was in the right church. I was convinced I would have defended it to the death until I come to find out what the Word of God had to say. You know that in the church of, of, of the Latter-day Saints, as they're called, there are those who have had this feeling inside. This, they call it the burning of the bosom. And as long as they feel that, that, that warm feeling inside as they're praying and trying to determine whether this is true and this is right, as long as they get that feeling, uh, it, it's impossible, nearly impossible after that point to try and get them out of it. In fact, there was somebody years ago, we were, we were witnessing to this individual and having Bible study with him, and, and so were the Mormons. And I showed up one Tuesday night or whatever it was, and, and, and the guy stopped me at the door and he said, forget it, I, I've had this burning in my bosom now. I prayed for God to show me, and, and he did, and, and now I'm convinced that uh, this is the truth over here. And I thought to myself, oh, following the heart once again. The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can know it? And it becomes a very serious matter when it comes to salvation. There are so many people out there and they're trusting in water to wash their sin away because it sounds logical. You know, that sounds logical. Put that water on that baby and, and that will wash that original sin away. And, and you say, but, 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 but the Bible says it's the blood of Christ that cleanseth us from all sin. But they say, no, this sounds better. And this is easier. And I just feel it's right in my heart. There are people by the hundreds of millions that are trying to work their way to heaven because it sounds logical. Because they uh, think that sounds right in their heart. Don't trust in your heart. Uh, according to Jesus Christ on Judgment Day in Matthew chapter 7, there are going to be many that say to him, Lord, we did this and we did that and we did the other thing. And Christ says unto them, I never knew you. Those are sad words, aren't they? Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. These are people that followed their hearts. How serious. Do you have biblical salvation? What are you trusting in to take you to heaven? Have you been just listening to what somebody has told you down through the years that sounded logical, but you've never lined it up with the Word of God? We saw it earlier today. We're saved by grace. It's the gift of God. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. Have you had a time when you saw yourself a lost, hell-bound, hell-deserving sinner, a hopeless sinner, and in repentance, with a change of heart, with a change of mind, you turned to God and, and placed all your faith in what Jesus Christ, the Son of God, did on Calvary's cross, and that's what you're trusting in to save you. Christ called it being born again. Have you been born again the Bible way? Don't trust in anything else. Don't follow your heart. Our text again said, The heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can know it? God help us to watch the heart. You've been listening to Pastor Tony Skeving of the Fargo Baptist Church in Fargo, North Dakota. If you would like a CD of today's message, you can obtain one by sending a gift of $2 to Fargo Baptist Church, 3303 23rd Avenue South, Fargo, North Dakota, 58103. That address again, Fargo Baptist Church, 3303 23rd Avenue South, Fargo, North Dakota, 58103. We hope you'll join Pastor Skeving next time right here on Puppet Power. 
Pulpit Power is a production of Heaven 88.7.